0: April 12th at 8pm, you'll see an incredible lineup including Elevator, Tristan Sionic, Howlin Monk, Granny Smith, and Luke Bentham from the Dirty Nil. Make sure you come on down to This Ain't Hollywood, 345 James Street North in Hamilton, Friday, April 12th, for the CFMU fundraiser.
1: Thank you for tuning in to 93.3 CFMU. My name is Tom Sterling. You are listening to Recliner Coaches. As always, I am joined by my good buddy, Matt Jackson. How you doing, Matty? Doing
0: pretty good, man. Game of Thrones comes back tonight. I'm pretty
1: excited. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to see you've got all your priorities set out straight there, buddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as always, wanted to say thank you so much to everyone who tunes in. We truly appreciate you guys uh, tuning in every week fan base is fantastic hopefully growing it as each show goes on but in this particular week we are starting off with the new Halifax team that's out in the CFL right now so uh, very exciting stuff we actually have a 10th team in the CFL which is super nice what do you think about that Maddie?
0: I love it so much it's find there to be some balance you know five teams east five in the west and then I think if we could eliminate that crossover rule, that'd be fantastic.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's definitely not a perfect system by any means, but they're getting better, and we're we're working towards something. You know, um, the main thing that I really wanted to try to focus on as well, because obviously we can't really talk about the players and who's going to be playing there or things because that hasn't been decided yet. But the impact that this could potentially have on the AUS itself and Football in general in Halifax. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw it or anybody else out there saw it, but before the Grey Cup, I believe it was this year, they did a huge special about how the Montreal Alouettes, when they entered into the into the league, Quebec football got so much more popular. Schools started popping up. Siege up itself wasn't really established. Laval actually opened up its doors either the year before or the year after that because of the popularity. And obviously they have been, you know, a powerhouse ever since then. So I don't think that we'll quite get the same effect because, you know, football wasn't really established in Quebec until that happened. And it is established out east. But I think I'm hoping at the very least that we get some something similar where it's just a shot of adrenaline or whatever is needed to try to get this fan base and get the, the players, whoever it is, going so that they can actually have some good competitive teams out there. What do you think, Matty?
0: Honestly, I was waiting for you to ask you what I think about this team. I didn't know about this study you just brought up. I find that fairly interesting. Cause that's literally what yeah. I was going to say about you know what it's going to do in Halifax. Like, I mean, personally for the AUS, I mean, the amount of recruits you're going to get there, I think that'll raise. I don't think it'll raise too much. I think the biggest impact you're going to see is just people in Halifax, you know, getting behind it, you know, becoming like a football, more of a football. Uh, I don't want to say town. It's not that small. Football coast, I guess we could say. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think the players there, you know, get more kids interested in football and they're going to be able to, you know, grow more talent, which will result in more coaches, more better coaches going there. I think it's just overall going to grow the sport and get more talent out of there. It's actually, you know, it's probably going to eventually result making the AUS a lot bigger and more competitive.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If that's the end goal here, if that's what ends up happening, that's a huge win for everybody that's out there, and including everybody in Canada as well. Because, you know, I believe this upcoming year is the last year. I either, said either this year or the next year, but this is the last year that we, the U Sports, is on this contract with Sportsnet, uh, where they, you know, have the rights to show all the games, and so hopefully, we get a better uh, TV deal so that more people can watch earlier on people can get invested in the players and in the teams and things like that and then work on to higher fan bases more people watching and things because as of right now people are just watching the championship games and that's all well and good if the championship games are good 99 percent of the time they are but this past year western beat guelph in the yates cup like 70 to like 20 or something like that something stupid and then uh the Loney Bowl, or sorry, the Mitchell Bowl afterwards, where Laval played against St. effects it was a, a, a the similar kind of thing where it was like 77 to like, I don't know, something ridiculous. So if that's the only publicity that they're getting out there, they are only hurting themselves. So hopefully that this this can kind of, you know, put some lifeblood back out east and get this these teams back to where they used to be. You know what I mean?
0: I 100% agree. No, I think it would be great too. I mean, we'll see if this happens. If you know, other universities, you know, got behind it, and they started, you know, putting some money into football teams, and grew the AUS to maybe like in like eight teams. Imagine I, that happened. that would be
1: incredible. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It'd be it'd be fantastic if something like that could happen. And um, I think, honestly, like from what we heard when we were talking with Marcus Noel when he was on the show uh, like last month or whatever it was, I don't think people truly understand what the AUS is capable of because when he came on the show he told us that the AUS is capable of giving out full ride scholarships i had no idea about that did you i had no idea either yeah and so i feel like if more kids understood the opportunity the that they have to potentially go out there and to play football for free basically play football and get a education for free you know that's a huge huge deal because especially, you know, universities right now are very, very expensive. It's, and with OSAP and things being cut by uh, Dougie over here, it's only going to be more and more expensive. So, any way that you can, you know, help yourself and be less of a, I don't want to say burden, but along that kind of line to take care of your own business so that your parents don't have to or anything like that, I just think that's a huge positive.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, like he said, we kind of touched on it with him. They don't, people don't really think about playing football out east because, most people don't even really recognize there's an East Coast in Canada. <laughs> like, I, know, I know there's, like, jokes with, like, Ontario and how, you know, we think we're the center of the universe in Canada. We forget there's other provinces out there. I mean, like, we really forget there's an East Coast. <laughs> yeah. like, we do. And, like, as our kids, you know, coming up, that, you know, want to play football, you know, East Coast is the last thing on their mind because they're thinking, like, oh, that's a place. Yeah. Like, there's actually people out there. There's football teams out there. Like, as CFL team, yeah. Now, like kids going up, they're going to get you know more exposure to the East Coast. You're going to see an East Coast team out there, and I was thinking, as well, how great is going to be if they host some great cups out there? Oh my
1: God, it'd be fantastic, man! It'd be so, it'd be so awesome to just reinvigorate a fan base that I think for the most part has just been completely neglected. Yeah, hundred percent.
0: I was even thinking, who do they cheer for?
1: I don't think they cheer for anybody right now.
0: Like, I guess, like I want to guess, like maybe Montreal because they're close, but. I mean the people like I East even watch the CFL like it's, it's weird to me like I don't even know who to get behind.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, but like uh I think they they sold a whole bunch of the 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 presale tickets. Uh so there's obviously some kind of uh want for something like that to get going. Uh probably it's, it's probably similar to somebody in uh, in Canada watching the NFL and just being like, you know, you could latch on to you know, the Buffalo Bills because they're close, at least in our area, um, but some people may just be watching it just for the sake of football, and they love football. So the idea of giving those people a team in their area to cheer for, I just think that's a home run.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree. No, it's actually funny. Um, I know this is a little bit off-topic a little bit. I said I was talking to you, but I always wondered, you know, who on the East Coast, like, what hockey team do they cheer for, right? So, I mean, obviously, I was thinking, you know, Montreal Canadiens, because, like, again, they're, they're the closest, uh, you know, team to them, right? Yeah. And that is, uh, a lot of the people on the East Coast do cheer for Montreal, but I found a large majority of them cheer for the New York Islanders. Oh, really, eh? Because it's, it's really close. Yeah, so it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like weird doing things. But yeah, it's actually, like, Long Island, like, how far is that really from the East Coast, right? So, I imagine, like, a majority of the population just maybe would focus on, like, maybe the New York Giants, the New York Jets, right, and just focus on the NFL, so it's huge.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you give a, give a fan base that's searching for something something to actually cheer for, that's unbelievable, and that's that's such a huge thing to do there, and especially, we've talked about this so much, and uh, but it is such a big problem because... The AUS is is hurting, and it's frankly as it is right now, um, especially with the TV deal and everything that we've got going on. It is hurting us even more so because the only time people tune in and see something, it's like if you see you know out west play against uh, an Ontario team or a Quebec team, that's a fantastic game, and that's always going to be a good one. But you get one out of two. And when the entire time you're getting a maximum of three games that's being showed that showcases all of Canadian college football, that's not good enough. You need to be perfect on all of those. So exactly. whatever they need to do to be more competitive, they, they they just have to do. And I think it's honestly, if it comes down to recruiting, if it comes down to you know just getting a fan base who cares, I don't know what it is, but they have to do something. I was thinking to you
0: how humiliating moneyed that for the AUS, the one game a year that's on national television,
1: they're getting blown off. Oh yeah. Well, it's it it must just kill guys. Well, we even talked to uh, to Marcus about it. Marcus Noel, who was a a former player at St. Mary's, he actually won a, a couple of Vaniers out there back in the, the early two thousands. And it's that same kind of feeling where it's like you know you're watching the. Uh, the regular season and it's competitive and you know you're playing multiple teams uh, multiple times and all this stuff and then you get to the championship game where all eyes are on you and the past few years you've just come up short and everybody has it's not just you know St. Mary's it's been Mount Allison it's been Saint Effects it's been all these teams who have just like come up short in that area and i it's strange because i don't necessarily think it's a huge lack of talent it's obviously something to do with that because you don't lose you know, 70 to zero or whatever it is without having a significant lack in talent in terms of their opponents. But I think it's like the AUS itself is would be competitive with like the middle of the pack teams and any other uh, university uh, conference, I should say. Um, and if they had the opportunity to play against them, I think that'd be a, like a really great game. But having the conference itself where the conference champions play against the conference champions I just don't think that they are there at that point
0: yeah I agree with that. that's why there's been you know, a whole talk about like, know having like a super league maybe or having like you know a national tournament I know we touched about it earlier on the show how instead of like having conference playoffs it should take like you know the best teams each conference and then maybe give the AUS one team I remember seeing uh, I remember reading somewhere there's like a whole debate about that and someone said this is how bad it's really gotten out east for the Atlantic teams people would say they should kind of treat them like Notre Dame, how, you know, in the NCAA, they vote for, like, you know, the, all the, the big bowl games. And they say, like, if Notre Dame's, like, ranked a certain spot, they automatically, you know, get a spot. That's what it's kind of become with the AUS. They're saying, like, oh, you know, if the AUS is good enough, they get to join. And that's, like, so, like, humiliating for that conference. It's, like, your champion, like, maybe gets to join. Yeah. Depending on how you do that year. Where, like, you know, Ontario, Quebec, and – kind west or just respect there it. it's like oh yeah you guys like are good enough we would let you in right so it's kind of like that's how bad it's gone in my opinion too when you know the aus gets blown out a national semi-final game you know once maybe twice you can say oh you know it's a bad year you know it's a lack of talent but the fact that's like constantly happening year after year after year that's a problem with the system it's not a problem with the players so
1: just interesting stuff oh for sure and uh you know one of the most interesting things that we heard Uh, I keep bringing up Marcus, but he used to play out there. And so um, what he told us was those teams that won championships back in St. Mary's in the early 2000s, there was maybe one or two guys that were significant to the team that were from out east at all. Everybody else was either from Ontario, they were from Quebec, or they were from out west. And so to have a team like that, that's full of all-stars, but not from anywhere in the area, I think it's fantastic that Blake Nill was able to do something like that. Like, I really feel that that speaks to him as a recruiter and as a coach and that's outstanding, but that just proves that the area in Halifax and in the surrounding areas and out East and everything, it just, it needs to get better in terms of football. I think the players themselves of what they're, uh, they're putting out there is just not the same kind of caliber that Ontario and Quebec and out West are, You know, are producing and that really shows in all of the teams that are there because no matter what, you can have recruiters go across the country and try to search for the best talent you need to own the area that's surrounding your university and if the area surrounding your university is terrible football players, then it's going to reflect in how you as a coach and you as a team are going to play as well
0: exactly, well there's potential everywhere right it's just how you maximize the potential of players you have right in my opinion too, I think a CFL team is gonna do out there. So you know, here we can say, you know, from Ontario we have the uh, you know, the Argos, the Ticats, even now the Red Blacks now, but I know the, the Red Blacks weren't really a part of it when we were growing up. You like go to Ticat games, you go, Oh, I wanna play for tie you know, someday it was something like look forward to it was like a goal you had down the road, you had football constantly in your face. Well East they never really, they never haven't had that until like you know, maybe now like, you know, you grow up and there's no CFL team there. You have no exposure to CFL. You know you barely know, barely get football. You know thrown in your face, and it's like, "What's the way to work towards?" You know, you don't get that love at a young age. And I think it's going to
1: change now with this team. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the whole reason, or the big reason, why that is going to change is because that CFL team that's going to be out east. Uh, they are the Atlantic Schooners. Schooners. Whoa. Schooners.
0: Yeah. What do you What do you think of the name? Yeah, it's.
1: I mean, it's. It, it's keeping in, like, the traditions of out east, but, like, you're you're the Atlantic, like, ships, essentially. And, like, I just I feel like there's a better way. Like, say something like the Atlantic Storm. Like, that would have been sick.
0: I saw the uh, the Halifax Admirals, and I thought that was a pretty cool name. Oh, man, that's I like awesome. I just sent me CFL. You know, it's a very CFL team name. It's really unique, in my opinion. You know? It's like a red-black. I still don't really know what a red-black is. Um, but there's the Rough Riders. Like, I, I don't yeah. know what a Rough Rider is. Like, do, you, do you know what a Rough Rider
1: is? I have no idea what a Rough Rider is.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It, it can't, like, it's so popular to see if all that... That name was so popular in the CFL. They had two rough riders at one point. <laughs> yeah. so you know what? I'm glad at least the Atlantic didn't decide to call himself the Atlantic Higher Cat. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> years. And I'm glad you know they didn't duplicate anything,
1: which is great. Yeah, I mean, if that's the standard that we're setting, that in a now 10-team league that there's not a duplicate anywhere, I think that's, the bar is pretty low.
0: Well, technically there's a space, I think, mean, between the auto red-blacks, like the red and blacks. Oh, no, sorry, what am I saying? The Rough Riders, sorry. There's a space between the Rough and Riders, I and mean, they are Rough Riders. So I think that's how they justify it, but it's the same thing. Come
1: on. Oh, my God. It's, that's just that's outrageous, man. And when that happened, there was only nine teams in the league. Yeah. Nine teams and two of them had the same name. That's embarrassing.
0: Yeah. It's really bad. Like, come on, guys, get creative.
1: <laughs> but if, I was...
0: if you take the corner of the world, I bet you there wouldn't be
1: two. Two different streets names. and you grab Nine Ram Street, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <come on. laughs> yeah, that's uh, uh oh, w- wasn't a great look, but hap- happy that they fixed that, and now it's Red Blacks is still better than Rough Riders the second. Yeah.
0: I love, I love the logo, too, of uh, all the Red Blacks. So I'm glad they really turned around there, too. It's, just, it's apparently what we've heard from people. It's a great organization. Yeah,
1: that's that's all I've heard from out there, and that the organization is great. Um, they're going to be a little bit in a bind because they just had their offensive coordinator walk out on them like a month before training camp, and that's a bit of a pain. But um, hopefully they can find out who's going to be that next replacement in there and uh, trying to keep going from there. Um, exactly, but just to go back out uh, out east for a second, there I was really hoping that you know they were going to do something like the Atlantic Admirals, like you were saying, and then mimic not the same but something inspired, like how the NCAA, like Navy, does their uniforms when they play against Army, where it's like the big like anchor on the shoulders or on the side of the helmet or something like that, because those those jerseys always look really great.
0: Yeah, they got the swag on for sure.
1: Yeah, so hopefully they can you know at least look the part. But the real important part for them is that when they are set up, that they go out into the community and they start giving back to everybody who's in there, you know, guest coaching at either summer league or high school teams, whether that's going out and, you know, if players are uh, they're not going back to camp just yet, Or even in spring camp, going out to a university that's out there, you know, like going out to Mount A, going out to St. Mary's, and just being around that program and helping them coach them up and do everything, that's going to be such a huge leap and bound towards getting a better team. You know, I, I, I remember at uh, McMaster, we still, we had uh, tie cats every once in a while show up or some guys that were, you know, Coach Riley's former players. And even that was really cool. Obviously, they're just offensive linemen and they're not the biggest names to anybody who doesn't really know football. But still to have like a Hamilton great, like Marwan Hage come out to practice and like show us a few things, especially with the centers. It was really, really cool. And I think if they can replicate that out East, that's going to be even better.
0: Yeah, exactly. I you know, around professionals, right? And you only get, when you're around people better than you, you get better, right? So, you know, exactly having, you know, that pro team, you know, come visit the schools and stuff and, you know, just be around that and have that, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for, that that glamour, I guess, that you get to see it all, basically, as I'm trying yeah. to say, like, yeah. it's only going to make you better, right? So, I you know I think that's going to be really cool, too. I was just thinking, was well, when they build that stadium, They're going to have, if they had like, you know, university games at that new stadium and you will make it more prestige, even like, you know, what they do out in Ottawa with the Panda game.
1: Yeah. Oh, that'd be.
0: How how great that'd be for the players to play in a CFL stadium.
1: Oh, that'd be fantastic, man. That'd be really, really cool. Um, Even the opportunity that we had to play at uh, Tim Hortons Field was was awesome, you know. So uh, hopefully that is another step towards helping out the AUS and helping out things and hoping that things start to go right over there at the very least.
0: How are the teams going
1: to do out there? I don't know. I think, uh, well, I mean, Ottawa, uh, when they first came back, I think at one point they were leading the East or something like that. I can't quite remember. But, you know, if you're smart with the players draft and then smart with the actual CFL draft itself, I think you can really make a force even in your first year. Um, 100 The real question would be because the way that it works when there's a new expansion team, that expansion team gets to have a draft of their own. with all of the other players that are in the CFL at different teams, and so I'd be interested to see which teams guard which players and which guys are up for grabs and which like who who gets taken. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, it should be really interesting. Yeah, it will definitely be interesting. I just,
0: I, I the only thing I'm concerned about is you know I saw the the red another red box. they were the Renegades before, right? And, and they and they failed. And I think the reason why they failed was because they just weren't winning. So I personally think it's going to happen in Halifax. I think you know all the fans are going to be fired up. They're going to have a team out there. I mean, that's the first professional team they've had, might, maybe ever. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. So I think at first you're going to draw a lot of fans. Everyone's going to be fired up to go to this game. But after a couple of years, you know, if they're not winning, it's
1: you know they could be in trouble, right? Oh, for sure, for sure. And I think that's true for for any real uh, sports organization, especially an organization that is just trying to start out. You know, like. If the Toronto Maple Leafs hadn't, like, if they had started in 1963, you know, I I think that they wouldn't be a team. Do you know what I mean? Like, if they if they would just had so many years of not winning or not coming close to the playoffs or things like that, then you know there would be such. Uh, I don't. I don't think that they would be as successful in terms of their fan base as they are now. Versus, you know, having this great history of being one of the original teams to have started up the NHL and winning championships back in the day and things like that. So I think that adds to their fan base. So if they can do something like that in Halifax, if somehow, some way, they put together a team and they start winning Grey Cups. Then that's gonna establish that team and cement it in the CFL for you know all time, hopefully, and that'll bring up the quality of play in the in the East as well. So we can only hope.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, one thing I will disagree with there. I get what you're trying to say, and I agree, except for hockey in Canada. It's just a whole different breed. I mean, I remember when Hamilton was getting a hockey team, or we're thinking about trying to get a hockey team. I think it fell through. Um, if they were Bad for ten years, I think people would still go because hockey fans just a whole other breed. Hockey in Canada doesn't have or has more love. Like football fans have the same love that hockey has.
1: Yeah, so, you're it's, totally it's, right.
0: It's a different beast, but I do get what you're saying. Yeah, if you have a new expansion team and they're not, you know, they're not doing well for a couple of years, people get bored of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so you have to make sure that you're you're there and you're there out for the community and things, and people are caring, but. You need to win, and that's the that's the name of the game, no matter where you are. And uh, I wouldn't, I'd be pretty, you know, obviously not. It's not an organizational, um, you know, getting rid of that. That's the on the table right now. But everybody who's associated with the Montreal Alouettes has got to be sweating bullets because nobody's job has to be secure after the seasons that they have had.
0: Yeah, hundred percent agree. It's just CFL such a weird game because the big cities have. The least amount of draw I've seen. Like, the Argos don't get you know a big turnout. You know Montreal is having some problems now. I'm not sure what BC is like I think BC is probably the best of the three. But then you know you go to like Saskatchewan or you know the population is not that great. And rather nation like it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Even you know Hamilton you get a huge turnout right. So you know, sometimes everything's on numbers. You know just because there's so many people in one area doesn't mean they're all going to go to the games right. So I think CFL. I think out east you're going to see success there because there's no one to compete with. They're gonna have a monopoly on the East Coast. Like what's out there besides junior hockey?
1: Yeah, that's that's it. I think it's just junior hockey that's out there right now. And uh, I think that's the biggest thing is that, you know, the Argos have been a great team. They won the Great Cup a few years ago, but they're competing with uh, n- not only the Raptors and uh, the Leafs and the Blue Jays, but now TFC has got a massive fan base as well. And so to have four different teams that that are all pulling fans in different directions. And yeah, you could be a fan of, all, of every team there, but uh, chances are you're going to be like a diehard fan of one of those. And so to have all that competition is a real pain, obviously, and it, it's shown. But um, I think... You're exactly right in what you're saying. You know, a team out east that doesn't have any other competition for a major sports team. And I think you'll have, you know, great, great numbers going out there. Uh, And I think it's just I think it's going to be a great thing. Um, And now here's here's a hypothetical that I want to hit you with. Say Johnny Manziel is still in the CFL. You know, he didn't go down the AAF. He didn't try all that route whatever it is. He's still trying to make a name for himself in the CFL. If you are, not even if you, do you think the Atlantic Schooners would try to take a, a chance on drafting him to their team to try to create even more buzz around the team out east?
0: To be honest, no. And the reason why I say that is because how much more buzz can there be over just getting a new team?
1: That's fair. That's fair. And that's
0: why I say that. And like I said, you know, uh, like, Johnny Manziel, I mean, he just... I'm, I'm basing off last year. He didn't look good on Montreal, let's be honest, right?
1: No, he did not.
0: He did not look good. Like, we're gonna, you know, the elephant in the room. So I think if you're out in half you got to be not emotional. Like, sure, you know, bring in Johnny Manziel. Yeah, it, might, it might. It might bring in more jerseys. You never know. But I don't know the fan base that well out there. And I just personally think, you know, the buzz out there would just be enough. You know, a new team. <laughs> People are going to be interested. There's an there. Like, I think if you were going to add, like, another team in Toronto or some more of, like, a saturated market that maybe can move with Johnny Manziel because no one's really looking in your direction. There's so much distraction in Toronto. Like, you had like, you know, hypothetically, you have, like, a second team there and Johnny Manziel is there. People go, oh, what's going on over here? Yeah. Oh, Johnny Manziel, what's this, right? I don't think he do that out in Halifax."
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I, I completely understand that. And, you know, my opinion of, of Johnny Menzel has kind of dropped off ever since he started, you know, negatively talking about the CFO, which is a, a real shame to see, honestly. But um, and I don't even really think that he was all that negative about the CFL. I shouldn't really say that. He just kind of said, you know, he's more comfortable being back in America, back throwing there because the CFL was too fast. And hopefully people actually hear that and they understand that our game. You know, it may not have the biggest bruisers. Like we don't have like the Aaron Donalds of the world who are just massive human beings. He's like, you know, pushing three hundred pounds and still has abs, which is insane. But we still have outstanding players, and the skill players in particular are just fantastic. So I think if people can start understanding that through the struggles that Johnny Manziel had, it's only going to do better things for our uh, our teams here. Um, but I'm more so even just saying that. You know, when Johnny Manziel first came to Hamilton and was official that he had signed with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, I think the jersey sales for like the three months that he was in Hamilton were just all Johnny Manziel. They couldn't print enough number two black jerseys, you know. And so yes. to have him sent out out east to would, which would not only bring together the entire east there uh, with that new team, like you were saying, but to potentially bring all the like the frat boys and whatever over to the. Uh, Atlantic schooners as well would just be huge.
0: <laughs> would that be a scene Ed, for that boys now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Johnny Football! Let's
0: go, yeah. We were, we were all behind it, right? But <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I'm, I, I personally wouldn't make that move if I was a You Not like we have a body of work in the CFL. and I think, too, I mean, with Johnny Manziel, you know, being the CFL, he, he, he's used to playing, you know, with 11 guys in the stage. He's brought that way. It's a really hard transition. Like, to tell you the truth, I think CFL, Canadian like football, is just—it's a lot tougher mentally to play in the NFL. I don't think you have to be as athletic as you do in the NFL, but it's a lot more thinking. It's just—it's totally different.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely it is. And uh, I had the uh, the opportunity to talk with a few uh, CFL veterans this past Saturday, uh, and I was just talking to them about the CFL itself and how uh, how things work, whatever. He goes, you know, it's—it can be a real pain in the butt. Just the way that the CFL is kind of starts because naturally, anytime the NFL makes their cuts, all of those players will come up to the CFL. And while you've already had like halfway through your season, And you're battered up, you're beaten, you're trying to just get through the rest of the season while remaining healthy. Now you've got these guys who have just been cut from the NFL who are still fresh and brand new to the program. And they're going balls to the wall because they want to try to prove themselves. And you just get more battered, more beaten until eventually maybe one of those guys steps in in front of you and tries to take your job. So I hadn't even thought of that. So to have them bring that up was really eye-opening.
0: I mean, I don't like that either. I mean, I don't think there's a solution for that problem. I couldn't tell you why I think they should do better. I just, I'm just, i just going to be a, a typical complainer and say I don't like that and I'm not going to offer a solution.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the point of being a recliner coach, buddy.
0: I'll uh-huh. have Yeah, exactly. I can just sit back and say something and go, you know what? I'm not the
1: solutions solution. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we are just about out of time here. Uh, once again, as always, I just want to thank everyone who tuned in so much. Thank you to my co-host, Maddie. You've always been a big beauty buddy and another successful show, my friend
0: that yeah, it's been awesome. I'm glad we're, uh, we're rolling along here.
1: Absolutely. Uh, like we mentioned before, you can find us on Anchor Podcasts. We are out and about now. Uh, we're on Anchor, we're on Spotify, we're working to get on Apple Music as well. So anywhere where you can find podcasts, you can listen to us. Take care, everybody, and I hope you have yourselves a great week.